What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. Today's conversation is about how much discomfort you can handle and the stamina of how long you can handle it. And then what do your resting periods look like in the middle? Why discomfort? Because it's what most of life is made of. Very little gets done while you're in a comfortable state. I think we all know that. So much needs to be in place for you to want to change, for you to want to go after what you want in life. Discomfort is almost a gift. That bed that's not as comfortable as it should be, those slight mild annoyances, those things are nudging you towards something that you desire. It's contrast. It's almost a gift. And it's almost the goal and the path. Because when you travel it and reach a place of comfort, again, what sets you apart from anyone else is how long you sit in that comfort before you get back on the path of discomfort again. Comfort cannot provide that environment. So much right needs to be in place You need frustration. You need to want more. You need to not dull or dumb that out with drugs or other vices. You need so many things in working order so you aren't creating too much comfort, too much rest. Or the progress that comes with discomfort is also disturbed. So we cannot talk about progress of discomfort without talking deeply about our relationship with the rests in the middle. And also, how that rest affects us, what it says about our overall health, and again, the relationship between the varying degrees in the amount of rest different people need and how those things make a difference. And as with most things on this show, the root of most thoughts start with an abstract metaphor. And this specific one will be very relatable for my gym bros and any fitness people who have seen this direct relationship between rest, recovery, and its relation to performance. And maybe even if you don't think from this context, you might think it's somewhat obvious that if you're well-rested, you can perform better. But that's not entirely the full picture because there are optimal amounts of rest depending on your goal, and too much or too little on either side can throw you into a different range towards a different goal or deter performance altogether. So let's talk about what the point of rest is in this context. What is the goal of rest? The goal of rest, first and foremost, is a time for recovery. So you have the ability to push again with maximal effort and perform. And on top of that being related to the local muscle group being able to perform or being able to perform that local specific task, in a general way, it also means 
recovery for your entire general nervous system, your central nervous system, and for your mind to have enough rest, for it to have the ability to be fully present and contract under tension as needed. Your mind needs to be able to command the muscles. And your central nervous system also needs recovery and rest. And the other main part of rest that most people forget is time management and efficiency. It's recovery so you can perform again mixed with time management and efficiency. And in the context of exercise, depending on your goal, whether you are working towards strength or size, meaning if you are either just trying to lift more and get stronger, or instead, your goal is to be more aesthetic and have each muscle be as big as possible, you have different optimal rest period for each of these goals. And speaking, I'm speaking from what's generally accepted. Longer rest periods between sets if your goal is strength, because chances are if you're lifting heavy, it takes even longer for your central nervous system and your body to recover to perform another lift. And shorter rests that induce more metabolic stress, which instead will produce size and muscular appearance, but will definitely result in less weight being lifted. It's the opposite of strength in a way. But you make up for it by doing more volume. You just do more reps with a lighter weight to the point of death, which is how I train. Now, I say that because there's also a concept of over-recovering and how it pertains to the second aspect of rest and recovery, which is time management and efficiency towards your goal. You have to make sure your rest and recovery matches your goal in a sense. And that means you have to keep conscious the first goal of recovery, but don't let your mind be in control of accomplishing that goal. The first goal, again, which is to make sure that you can push again with maximal effort, but you can't give that job to your mind. If you aren't looking at a stopwatch and you let your mind decide how much rest you should take, chances are you will coddle and baby yourself and give yourself more rest than you actually need or should. Which is why when people work out with trainers, they get better results because someone else is there setting pace for you. And what your mind is telling you is taken out of the picture completely because no one's going to listen to that. And you follow the commands and the demands of the trainer. So if you are training for size, for example, where your rest periods should be shorter. And if you're looking at the watch, but you let your mind or your lack of awareness let you take longer rest periods. But still expect to upkeep the level of volume that your program probably has built into it then you would be like me and be totally time inefficient and spend three hours at the gym. Add to that some camaraderie and friendships at the gym and not having any human contact for a year and time efficiency gets thrown out the door and recovery and rest becomes elongated past what it would have taken to get you to your goal, which is to finish your workout with as much volume as you normally have planned in a reasonable amount of time. And this extra rest might actually deter you from your goal altogether. And on top of how this rest affects us, how much rest we actually end up needing is the true measure of health. So we talked about how rest affects us, but what does it say about us as our measure of health? 
And this is why I have a problem with people taking pre-workouts and artificially jacking up their heart rates to go work out in the gym because it's the opposite of health. It might get you to fitness, but it's not going to get you to health. And I will continue with this exercise analogy while hoping the metaphor extends into every other aspect of our life in your mind and you can feel it resonate. But I will come back around at the end of this and drive it home, I'm sure. The entire measure of an athletic person, a person with great cardiovascular health, is what I define as athletic, is measured through how much rest they need, or rather how little rest they need compared to others to recover. So as you begin on a journey to become healthy, for you to know if you are getting healthy and how you measure your health along the way, at first you will find it difficult to make your heart work. In the beginning it will be hard to go through rigorous exercise and make your heart work hard. It takes training to get up to that. And if you're a data geek and you wear a heart rate monitor, chest strap, or some of these nice watches nowadays, and you know a little bit about heart rate ranges and different zones, then you know there's zones for fat loss and zones for aerobic fitness. So in simple terms, at first you won't be able to get your heart to go into the higher zones without feeling like you're completely dying. Then gradually, you'll be able to get it there, then keep it there, and sustain movement and exercise while it's there. And in those higher and higher ranges, you'll feel more and more comfortable making your heart work harder and harder. And in the beginning, when you bring your heart up to work that hard and high, you will need a minute or two to rest in the middle before you can go make your heart work that hard again. And again, as time goes on, you will need less and less rest. And again, if you are following the data, you will literally see how you can train your heart rate in the 170 to 180 zone five, as high as you can go, and within a 20 to 30 second break, within two deep breaths, your heart rate already bounces back down to 90, to 110, in a completely resting zone, ready to go again. Which means within 30 seconds, you are ready and rested and recovered again to push with maximal effort back up those zone ranges. And ultimately, all this training will result in a lower resting heart rate in general while you're relaxing and doing regular work. That means through your training, your rigorous training, at rest, you put your heart in a place where it can sustain your body without having to work so hard. And your heart has a limited lifespan. It only has so many beats, like how many times you can recharge a battery. So the less it works at rest, the more you preserve it and the longer your life will be. Essentially, the definition of health defined and seen through the scope of our cardiovascular system. So there you have how rest affects us and what, how much you need of it to be fully recovered actually says about your overall health. Let's bring this metaphorical and very literal point home now with all these different examples of how then 
what this varying degrees of rest needed by different people at different levels of fitness actually says about us in general. And I'm just as human as the next guy and have come on here plenty of times to share my bouts with clinging to comfort and sharing stories of when thrown into discomfort from discomfortable scenario to scenario, how I go in kicking and screaming into it. And how it isn't until I stop kicking and screaming that I see progress. Until then, even in the discomfort, when I can't even do anything to avoid it, when I'm in the middle of it all, I still seek refuge wherever I can. Internal running away. Numbness, wherever I can find it. And any other ways to have pseudo-comfort even when real one isn't present. I find it very difficult at times to accept and lean into the discomfort which much of life is made of, which progress comes along with, even though I logically know that through it is the way to it, that progress cannot be get to without it. And I think many of us get whiplashed through traumatic phases in our lives and in the moments that are not as chaotic, when life is not whiplashing us, we almost count our blessings and expect the new shoot to drop over our head any day, so much so that we cling on to our rest periods. We try to elongate them as much as we can because we know that the next wave and storm in our life might be right around the corner and that we may still be catching our breath from the last one and we need to be rested for the next one, we tell ourselves, our mind tells us, and that we are just now fed up and want so desperately to seek peace in the middle of all these phases and storms that we know are sure to come again and that we're just recovering from the last one of, that we cling so hard to our rest times. We wish they were longer. We indulge in the disillusionment that comes with them, the disconnection from reality they may give us a false sense of. And that, nonetheless, that stretching of rest fails on the second of the most fundamental aspects of what rest tries to accomplish. And that is time management. And if you took the spirit of stretching each workout to three hours and projected it onto your life, you would need three lifetimes to accomplish what some people accomplish to do in 10 years. Discomfort. We have to work when it's easy. When times are easy is when we have to be willing to go back on that path of discomfort again instead of clinging to the moments of rest that, thank God, we're not being whiplashed right now. The point is what sets each of us apart is how quickly we can rebound, how fast we recover, how much refuge we seek in that rest, how conscious we are about how much rest we really need 
how aware we are about its implications on how fast we get to where we are trying to go. And taking too little rest might result in injury or haste and mistakes that are costly and waste more time than you were trying to save anyway. A minute in life is not worth losing a life in a minute. So it's not about shaving off unnecessary times of rest, but I think most of us have the opposite problem. So for us, again, it's about the right balance between rest and recovery for optimal performance. And those around us that are outperforming us are hyper aware of this fact and are training consciously to have milliseconds of advantages over the other elites around them. Rest and recovery. How much is too much? It's probably something you should be asking yourself on a daily basis. And if you're honest, you'll see the pile of work in front of you to do. Let's get to it. Love you, family. I'll see you on the next show.